a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am usually watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, but your boy is a little strapped for time this week, so instead, we are diving into an Aquadonk side piece, the sixth side piece, Breaky B. Hey, but check out the breakdancing robot. Breaky B, moonwalks, head spins, does the boing oing. Guy does it all, man. Breaky B premiering April 23rd, 2022. And this was actually the short that was used as like a trailer. There was a clip from it used to kind of tease Aquadonk side pieces in November of 2021. Basically, they just played the first like 45 seconds of the entire short, which is almost, you know, a third of the entire thing. And then it just cut to some kind of joke text of saying like, for the ad-free version of the episodes, it's $37.99. To have sound on in the episodes is $43.87. And then uh, to have the sound disabled it is $54.73. So this is one that we knew was coming and we were excited for it. And they kind of bury the lead on this one because even though it's called Breaky B and they feature this little dancing robot called Breaky B, the real villain returning here is the cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future. And so glad to see this character back. And something that I didn't really realize until working on this episode is that cybernetic ghost didn't really show up in this show as much as I really thought he did. Now, I grew up with the volume two and three discs. Between those box sets, there were three episodes, if you want to include the dressing, that had cybernetic ghosts in them. So my impression was that this was like a major character that showed up a decent amount. But after season two, he's, he shows up really far and few between. In fact, having looked at it, I'm actually surprised he even showed up in the, the 2007 film. Because after season two, he doesn't show up at all in season three. He only shows up in season four in the deleted scenes episode, which is deleted scenes from the film. Uh, So I don't even know if you want to count that. And then I think he's in like two episodes after that. And he's not even a focus. He just shows up and has a speaking role. Otherwise, it's just kind of visual cameos on the show. So yeah, just surprising, but so glad to see him back. I love this character so much. Of course, played by Matt Malero. So going into the voice cast on this one, we have Matt Malero as the cybernetic ghost, Dana Snyder as Shake, and then Dave Willis as Carl. To mention the editors very quickly, we have the legendary J. Wade Edwards, who if you don't know is Aqua Teen's original editor, very important to the history of the show, so glad to see him show up on this short. And alongside Jay, we have Paul Painter, who we have not talked about a ton on the podcast as he comes into the Aqua Teen camp around 2011. But a very funny guy, a great editor. So you see these two names on an episode, you know you're in for a good time. But all right, that's a little bit on the history and the information behind this episode. Let's jump in and see what Breaky B's all about. So we open in on an establishing shot of the Powerpuff Mall And there's a little bit of explanation to this. Of course, as of this recording on the podcast, 
in our actual timeline of the Aqua Teen episodes, we are in the middle of season three of Aqua Teen, which is still standard definition. And whenever we head to the Powerpuff Mall, it is the asset that is taken from the Powerpuff Girls, hence the name. And that will be like, you know, the mall that we see in Rabot, for example, most famously. Well, after the 2007 film, they switch over to HD assets, and because of that, you know, the original Powerpuff Mall is a very SD asset. It's not HD, and they're not really going to redo it in that style, so what they do is they create a whole new mall asset that doesn't really look anything like what we are used to. So it is the Powerpuff Mall in their universe, but it looks very different, but we'll get more into this when we actually run across this in, in our timeline on like a full Aqua Teen episode, so I'm not going to focus too much on the visuals here. The idea is we are at the Powerpuff Mall, and we see Cybernetic Ghost outside, actually, and he is looking into the window. It's, it's really understated. I think it's kind of cool, because we'll come back to that in the short, but you can see he kind of has his, uh, his hands up, or he, he's trying to see inside because he is outside, so you kind of need to put, you know, your hands around your eyes to help you see into the dark building a little bit better. So we see Cybernetic Ghost there, then we cut inside where we see Carl standing there and he's wearing a security guard outfit. So we know that he's a security guard at this point and they will talk about that in the short. And then Shake will ride up. He's, he's driving this kind of golf cart that says mall security on it and Shake, because they can't really give him clothes, all he's wearing is like a belt with some security tools on it, such as pepper spray and a baton. He rides up with that. He also has a badge on. And then he's wearing these really cool aviator shades that Carl doesn't have. So Shake's going to ride up, and him and Carl are going to have a conversation. Finally, somebody recognizes what I bring to the table and put me in a position that I can abuse. <laughs> I'm getting paid to do what I was going to do anyways. Scoop change out of this fountain and ogle broads. <laughs> yeah, that's real neat. <laughs> so just setting the episode up, that's what's going on here. They are mall security guards, which I think is an amazing premise and a bit of a throwback to the Ezekiel episode. Of course, we haven't gotten to that in the main feed yet, but in that one, Frylock makes a comment about Ezekiel, who is supposed to be Shake's son, saying, oh, he's just going to grow up to maybe work mall security or something along those lines. And now we see Shake, uh, who is supposed to be Ezekiel's dad at that point in the episode, that he is actually working mall security at this point in time. Speaking of jobs here, we have Carl with yet another job. So it's kind of interesting because the idea was that Carl worked from the home and these were made, of course, during the pandemic. So you would think Carl would be set up perfectly for that. But since then, we've seen back in the Brood Rap episode that he is driving for Ding Dong Doofus, uh, which was a job that I think a lot of people were probably doing around that time of the pandemic. But now he's working mall security, which this is very much not rooted in the pandemic because you know, malls were not very popular hotspots. Although this mall, we will see throughout the episode, we never see a single shopper here. So it very well could be during the pandemic. I'm surprised that they would be hired during that time, but that seems to be what's going on. But yeah, Carl, I guess, just jumping jobs around this period. I guess he could be working security at the mall and driving for Ding Dong Doofus. Who knows? Uh, the music we heard there, I love the music. Whenever Aqua Teen has a mall, I always love the music inside the mall. And in this case, the song is called Shopping Mall, and it is composed by Ben Lee Delisle, and it is from the album On Location. It's, it's a standard music library kind of thing. Again, shout out to Video Killed the Radio Star over on YouTube for that link in the show notes. So in that clip, Carl was like, oh, I was already going to do this stuff anyways. I was already going to be at the mall scooping change out of the fountain and ogling broads. 
Uh, Shake doesn't seem to really care too much about that because he's quickly going to change the subject. He's going to look over at a store called Future Stuff that is all kind of technology. It's, it's really cool technology. And the thing that Shake is focusing in on is Breaky B. Breaky B is a breakdancing robot. And we see some of the boxes that it comes in. The box is pretty simplistic. It's a red box. It says Breaky B in this kind of uh, hip hop font. It's the same kind of font style that the Aquadonk side pieces logo is in. And then the box also says Yo on it. I'm actually surprised that we are going to this future stuff store instead of Hot Diggity Doll, which, you know, we talked about back in Dumber Dolls, where they sell all those dolls. I think Breaky B would, would sell very well there, but maybe that store has closed <laughs> since the Dumber Dolls episode. Who knows? Uh, to describe Breaky B a little bit more, it's a tiny little thing. It looks like it's maybe a foot tall. It has a hat on with a B, a green hat, and then it has a, a red kind of track suit on, and that's it. And this thing is breakdancing on this little stage with, with different colored lights on the stage. And the animation here is pretty complicated for an Aqua Teen episode. This has to be, like, one of the most animated Aqua Teen moments ever. I mean, there's more animation in this little character than really the colon movie film, even. So lots of animation going on with the breakdancing of this, of this doll. I'm almost surprised even that they didn't have Meatwad in this episode because he would have been all over this. But working at Future Stuff, we have a familiar face. Uh, I guess he, he's not hosting Trivia Night anymore at the bar. We have Ned Hastings, who, of course, is a producer and editor on Aqua Teen. He was the, the main editor behind the Plantasm film. And Ned, not credited on this episode, but, you know, of course, there is no speaking role for him on this character. But visually, we can see Ned here. I'm glad they could include him. So we've got Breaky B doing his thing. Let's hear Shake and Carl react. Hey, but check out the breakdancing robot. Breaky B, moonwalks, head spins, does the boing oing. That does it all, man. I like how uh, Carl and Shake, they're on the job, but they're just kind of fucking around and like looking at stuff at the store. I mean, I guess I shouldn't really criticize them. I work in retail. <laughs> I've definitely been guilty of the same thing. So I can't really, uh, you know, I can't cast stones at these guys. And that can be especially a problem depending on what department you work in, because when I used to work in the kitchen department, I would always be wanting to buy shit. Cause I'm like, oh, I, you know, you, you could convince yourself in kitchen that, oh, I could use this in my kitchen. I could, I'll start cooking more with this and this. And then you buy shit that you probably won't use. Uh, luckily, now I work in the baby department and I don't have a baby. So it's not like I'm like, oh, I need this, this pacifier. I'll definitely use this. So there's no temptation there. I've kind of put myself there on purpose because especially if you're working, I assume, over in, in the tech section, then you're fucked because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're going to want. At this store, it looks like there's a lot of phone cases, but three things of note that we will get into later in the episode. Uh, there's, a, there's like a massage chair, a vibrating kind of chair we see. There's a, a piano mat on the ground, like one that you could step on to make piano noises. And then there's actually something that looks exactly like the grill from Global Grilling, uh, the, the season four episode. But apparently, uh, we will find out at the end of the episode, it is a s'more maker. So those are three of the other things we see at Future Stuff. And it's funny because the boxes for the Breaky Bee are all spilling out basically into the, into the mall, basically. They're outside of the store in the actual mall area, which uh, pretty pretty ballsy, I guess. I'd be afraid of people stealing them since they're just right out there kind of by the uh, exit, I assume. But whatever. It's not like anybody's shopping there, so <laughs> they don't have to worry about it. But all right, we have Shake and Carl. They are inside enjoying Breaky B while Ned Hastings controls it, making it do all these cool kind of dance moves. We're going to cut outside now, but we're going to get like an over-the-shoulder behind shot of Cybernetic Ghost looking through the window. So 
a bit more of a high conceptual shot than we usually get in Aqua Teen. In my interview with Jay, he brought up how when they first started making Aqua Teen, because they didn't really know how it was going to look yet, they tried to do these over-the-shoulder kind of shots, but they ended up not really doing them. But they're doing them here. They figured out they figured out how to do them, I guess. They're doing them here. And Cybernetic Ghost is going to talk about Breaky B. Of course he does it all. He's Breaky B. Cybernetic assassin, model X100 disguised as a breakdancing boy. He must be stopped or he will give birth to the quickening of the Dragonoids and three billion lives will vanish in an instant. So we hear Cybernetic Ghost explaining how this is very dangerous. It's actually an assassin robot uh, disguised as a breakdancer. And in those shots, as usual, we get some Ben Prisk illustrations to go along with what Cybernetic Ghost is saying. So the first thing we see is Breaky B breakdancing on a piece of cardboard, but like it's a really beautiful, I mean, Ben Prisk is a genius. I mean, really, everybody who works on this show is a genius to get it to work for the small budget that they have. But Ben Prisk is one of my favorite artists. It's just this beautiful kind of watercolory look uh, to it. We see Breaky B breakdancing, but the editing here is nice because this is actually a smaller part of a larger photo. So we zoom out from that. And we see there's some sort of like ethereal kind of form that comes from Breaky B's breakdancing with his his spinning rotation that causes this like demon dragon thing to appear from out of him. I mean, you really have to see it to appreciate it. A really cool drawing. And then from there, we see this kind of dragon monster uh, just <laughs> blowing fire all over the earth after that. So that's what Breaky B is going to do. He's going to destroy planet Earth. I guess Cybernetic Ghost is the protector of Earth in this scenario. So according to Cybernetic Ghost, this isn't just some toy that dances. It's actually the ender of, of the world and life as we know it. But before Cybernetic Ghost can get in there and stop Breaky B, he's faced with an obstacle. So after the illustrations that we get, we see that Cybernetic Ghost is now inside the mall, but he has to pass through some metal detectors before he can fully enter the mall. But first I must get past the mall metal detectors, but how? I'm completely made of metal. <laughs> so you hear Cybernetic Ghost there, he's like chomping his little scissor thing on, on his hand. So to jump in and kind of analyze this, this short so far compared to the other shorts, they're doing something really cool here. Not only is it about Cybernetic Ghost, but we also get some some fun Carl and Shake moments as well. So it's not just focused on the villain. For example, the last one we covered, which was the Frat Aliens Hell Week, that was all about the Frat Aliens. The Aqua Teens weren't even in it, which I think was a good thing. I think they pulled that off very well. I really liked that short. But here, they're bringing a loved villain in, but they're also cutting in some characters that we also, of course, want to see. I mean, we, we miss the Aqua Teens. We miss Carl. We're getting the best of both worlds here. And the way that they're kind of flip-flopping between Shake and Carl and then Cybernetic Ghost keeps the episode moving forward in a really great way. And because, you know, I mean, Cybernetic Ghost, if you focus too much on him, it could really just drag on a, a bit because of, of just the way the character works, right? He goes on these long tangents. He's like me when I do this podcast. He just goes on and on. And if you get too much of that at once, 
it can kind of diminish the experience. So they're going to do just that. They're going to cut from Cybernetic Ghost giving this exposition about Breaky B. And then you see we ha he has this problem he has to deal with. He before he can stop Breaky B, he has to figure out how to get through the metal detector, even though he could easily walk around it. There's no security guard at the metal detector. You could just walk walk around it. But, uh, you know, he, he's he's a he's a lawful character, I guess. He can't break the rules. He, he has to go through it. So while he's figuring that out, we're going to cut to Shake and Carl, and they are going to be playing around with the uh, the vibrating chair that I mentioned earlier. But instead of using it for its intended purpose, Carl, he's got it pressed right up against his junk. Oh, yeah, I like that speed a lot, too. No, Carl, please don't do this. The massage chair is for your spine. When you turn around and stuff your crotch into it, it's a little overt. Why would they plug it in if they don't want people to do this? Save it for the home. Come on, man. We've had these jobs like 10 minutes. All right. You killed the mood anyway. Shuffle your feet, lose your seat. Oh, it brings me pleasure, too. So you heard that Shake kind of tricked Carl to move. You, you don't know if Shake actually was worried about them getting in trouble or not. Like, maybe he was worried. And his actions later in this episode would suggest that he probably was. But also, by doing that, he, he caused Carl to stop using the vibrating chair so Shake could jump in it and use it as intended to kind of massage your body. And, you know, Carl here, he's doing something weird, but like... Again, bringing it back to my retail job, uh, we sell these little things called personal massagers, and you know what they're for. So Carl here, he's not really doing anything different. Like, oh, it's a massaging chair. Like, you know, people are going to use it for whatever they're going to use it for. But it's funny because we cut to Ned, too. He's just kind of standing there behind the, the cashier station and just kind of <laughs> looking at this while it happens in front of him. I guess, you know, it's, it's the mall security. Like, who are you going to call to stop this? But uh, it's revealed that Carl and Shake got the jobs at the same time. So you would you would assume one guy started working there, then maybe he helped the other guy work there, or just the other guy heard about it, then also applied. But that's not the case. I guess they applied at the same time and got hired at the same time. Maybe maybe they went to a job fair or something like that. I really like that clip though because again, it breaks up the cybernetic ghost stuff. It's completely unnecessary, but it's so fun. It's just you know funny to watch Carl use it in the way he was using the uh, vibrating chair, and then it's funny to watch Shake kind of steal it away from him just to uh, massage himself. As we know, Shake he loves sitting in his chair. He loves watching TV, so this is the product for him. But all right, everything I just told you, you know, Carl, he's pleasuring himself. Uh, Shake, he's he's sitting in a nice chair. Get it all out of your mind. I need your complete. Focus here. If you're driving, pull over. If you're working, just just take your 15 because we have got a bombshell, a huge, a gigantic Aqua Teen moment in history right here. Because I mean, I I wasn't expecting anything like this from Aquadong side pieces, but they did it. And what they did was they reveal, you know, 20 years into this character, that cybernetic ghost of Christmas past from the future is indeed actually a ghost. So what happens is to get through the metal detector, which, you know, he can't because he's like, oh, I'm made out of metal. We know he's a robot. Well, out of nowhere, he's just going to take his pelvis off first. He's going to take all his body parts off, revealing a silhouette of himself in this kind of blue plasma kind of ethereal substance that still has his form. It still moves. And yeah, he's he's apparently a ghost who wears this robotic armor. 
And what he does is he takes, you know, all of his body parts off one at a time, puts them into a bin. So the, the setup is basically like at an airport where you would, uh, you know, take off your shoes and sunglasses and, and whatever and, and put your phone in this bin that, and then they would uh, x-ray you. Uh, that's basically what's happening here. So he puts all of his stuff into the bin. He walks through the metal detectors as just in his ghost form. But the thing is, in his ghost form, he does have a brain. <laughs> but it's it's like a really tiny little brain. It's like the size of a cat's brain. It's so tiny in his head, which explains a lot about this character. But yeah, this is absolutely nuts. You wouldn't expect this much lore to come from these shorts, but they did. And I think it's this cool payoff where look it's a stupid breakdancing robot shake and carl are fucking around like it, it's this silly short but we see he actually is a ghost which is this huge moment in aqua teen history we're gonna see it right now so i explained to you what cybernetic ghost is gonna do but then shake is gonna come up while this is happening and shake is gonna comment on all the metal you know kind of pointy parts that are in this bin they don't look very safe now, I will disassemble and place myself in the plastic basket piece by piece, screw by screw, nut by nut. I will reassemble on the other side of the future gate, fully functional, prepared to kill. Uh, can I help you, sir? Oh no, don't bother, I'm good. I can see that! A lot of phones here, Mr. Uh, Mr. You got some ID for me? <laughs> so Shake laying down the law. Shake is actually like stepping up to his job now. We see he's actually doing something. Rightfully so, because Cybernetic Ghost, he does like one of his arms is this giant blade device. So, I mean, I, I don't really blame Shake for stepping up here. And I love the idea that he doesn't know who this character is, who he has ran across many times. It's one of my favorite things about this show is when it's it's not even like Matt and Dave are doing this so much to to like you know just to make the episode easier on themselves of like oh hey let's have this character and nobody knows who he is uh just to suit the episode the idea i think is that that shake and carl are so dumb that they just don't remember who this guy is which is which is great i, I love it so much like when they do this with frylock it annoys me but when they do it with somebody like shake i'm like yeah it makes sense you know shake is an idiot he uh it would make sense that he would forget this guy so to jump back in, remember Shake asks Cybernetic Ghost if he has any ID on him, and then Cybernetic Ghost will raise his arm like usual, but at this point he only has his head on. So his head looks normal, the rest of his body is his ghost form, but you'll see he raises his arm, say thousands of years ago, and he'll explain how he left his wallet in the ninth dimension when he was fleeing the plasmats. So we get two drawings with that very quickly. First of all, we see a drawing very much in the style of Cybernetic Ghost. It's a cool wallet. Adult Swim, please make these wallets. I don't care if it wouldn't even fit in your pocket because there's these like big fins on it. I would buy one. Uh, so it's, it's a wallet in the style of Cybernetic Ghost, but on it, it says C-G-O-C-P-F-T-F. So Cybernetic Ghost of Christmas Past from the Future, his initials on it, which is very funny. There's also a chain on this wallet too, I guess, uh, you know, if it falls out of your pocket, it'll still be on your, your belt. We see that, and then we see a drawing of cybernetic ghosts running away from these different kind of robots that are really interesting looking. They're, they're in a similar style to him, which is really cool. Of course, uh, to my knowledge, like at least the only thing we've talked about on the podcast up till this point in the style of cybernetic ghost would be Turkatron. So uh, to see these other creatures just kind of expands this lore Although it's possible he's just making this up, who knows. But he explains that he was uh, running away from these plasmats uh, from the ninth dimension. Very quickly, Shake will cut him off and explain how this isn't true. Thousands of years ago, I left my wallet in the ninth dimension when I was fleeing the plasmats. Likely story. Wrong dimension, by the way. Something's up here. I like Shake cutting in. He's like, wrong dimension, by the way. Like, I guess he knows more about... Uh, 
what this guy was dealing with than the guy himself. Again, though, uh, these drawings are great. If you get a chance, head on over to YouTube to check this short out. Of course, these are all free. And just, just really appreciate these Ben Prisk drawings. There's really a lot going on here. And they go past them so quickly in the episode. You kind of, like, you really should pause and just kind of take them in. I really like the way in this episode that they have kind of brought these two stories together. So we had Carl and Shake fucking around at the mall. And then we had Cybernetic Ghost who needed to get into the mall to deal with Breaky B. So, you know, like the issue that Cybernetic Ghost had was the metal detector. And then that's when Carl and Shake came in as well to kind of converge on this point of having to get into the mall. And we'll talk more about metal detectors in a minute here. But uh, this episode, very tight. There's no fat on this one. I mean, that's true of all this, the, uh, the Aquadonks. But uh, of course, some of them had maybe not enough fat to where it was like whiplash. Uh, I'm thinking about the uh, Moon and Nights one I thought was way too short uh, in a detrimental kind of way. This one, it's like everything makes sense. We're chugging along very quickly, really enjoying it. So now Carl is going to come into the scene here because Shake, he picked up the bin with all of Cybernetic Ghost stuff on it. And then he's going to hand it off to Carl because Carl's running like the X-ray booth, I guess, to X-ray cybernetic ghost body parts and it's funny because inside basically every single part we see there's a gun inside like a pistol or like kind of like a rifle and in cybernetic ghost's leg i guess his leg functions as a rifle as well because they'll kind of comment on you know carl's kind of already done with this and, and carl's like yeah you know they're not guns and then we have cybernetic ghost holding his leg like a gun he even cocks it and you hear the noise run it through milk dust. i asked nicely now i'm telling you don't fucking call me that I swear to God, I'll drown you in that fountain over there. No one will say shit because I got a badge. Uh, he's good. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Hold up, Carl. That is a gun-shaped item. Why do you make me take my shoes off just to go shopping at the mall? I want to speak to your manager right away. <laughs> So Cybernetic Ghost pulling the let me speak to your manager card and he's kind of going off like, why do I have to take my shoes off just to shop at the mall? So I spent some time looking into Atlanta, Georgia malls because I'm like, oh, are Matt and Dave writing this kind of like from their own point of view? Like, is this something that they themselves have thought? And there certainly are malls in Atlanta with not only um, metal detectors, but also I, I read that there are canines that like sniff guns out at some malls in Atlanta. As well as there's a mall called Stonecrest in DeKalb County that has security robots. Now, what that is, I don't know. I don't want to know because I'm really enjoying my imagination running wild on this one. But I, I understand Cybernetic Ghost's frustration. I mean, I think he's kind of just saying this to get out of, you know, not being allowed to get into the mall. Like, he's just saying this so that they'll let him go. Um, but if this is coming from Matt or Dave's experience of frustration, of course, it, you know, it's frustrating to have to take your shoes off to get into a mall. But I'm, I'm reading here, there's a November 2022 article about a mall in Atlanta called Lenox Square that I guess had a real problem with gun violence and like shootings and stuff. Well, they implemented increased security measures, uh, in including metal detectors. And over the past 10 months, as of this article being written in November of last year, uh, there had been zero shootings at the mall after that point so hey it might be annoying to take your shoes off and everything if indeed you even have to take your shoes off at the mall but i mean hey if there's zero shootings now i guess it seems kind of worth it right we heard that carl was very upset to be called milk dud by shake apparently they had had a problem with this earlier and carl already told shake not to call him that and shake called him it again and then we hear you know an f-bomb we hear we hear carl say shit very 
uh, strange. I said this, if you're a patron, you heard me talk about this a lot in the colon movie film for theaters coverage because it's almost jarring to hear these characters actually swear. But I like that Carl says that he'll drown Shake in the fountain and no one will do anything because he has a badge, which is, you know, maybe some commentary of the time that these episodes were made. So again, though, a cybernetic ghost, he's threatening to speak to the manager. This is something I have never once in my life done, but cybernetic ghost, he's pulling that card and Shake and Carl are going to react to it now. And then they're just going to let cybernetic ghost go because they don't want to have to deal with this anymore. He wants to speak to the manager. We just got these damn jobs. Yeah, this, this ain't allowed in here. Well, I didn't see a sign. <laughs> All right, then. Well, then don't do it again. Here you go. Have a good day. Breaky B, time to dance. So something that people are surprised about, and we will see this again going forward, is in regards to Shake and how he acts in this episode, that he is afraid of getting in trouble. He really wants to follow the rules. He wants to keep his job. And to me, it's not super surprising because I'm thinking back to the very first episode of Aqua Teen, Rabot, and it's a scene where they are at the Powerpuff Mall and Meatwad's playing around by the giant hole in the wall that the Rabot left. And then Shake says something along the lines of like, that's a fire exit. Uh, don't set off any alarms because like we'll get in trouble. And he says he says how he, he doesn't want to get in trouble, things like that in Rabot. So this is not really new for Shake to not want to get in trouble. We see he is kind of afraid of actual authority and repercussion. He doesn't care what Frylock does to him or what anyone else does to him in his personal life. But when he's out and about, he seems to mostly kind of be a, a rule follower so it's not super surprising here. Of course, there are a million examples in the show where he deviates from that. But to me, this isn't completely out of nowhere. Plus, we don't know the circumstances that drew him to need this job. Maybe there is like some external factor of why he wants to keep this job. But to me, not super surprising. And I guess ultimately, with no Frylock here, they need somebody to kind of like keep the episode grounded. So it's not going to be Carl. So it's going to be Shake. Visually, though, it's great, though, because Carl hands, like, the box full of cybernetic ghost parts back to cybernetic ghost. He walks away holding the box under one arm. He's holding his leg, which is also clearly a gun, in his, in his other arm, and he, like, cocks the gun as he's walking away. It's just very funny that he clearly has weapons here and that Carl is, like, he, he doesn't want to deal with this shit. The closest thing that I can relate to this is sometimes it would come down to me at work to like help decide if a customer should get something for cheaper because like if it was in the wrong spot or whatever the issue was and a hundred percent of the time i'm just saying yeah whatever give it i don't give a shit give it to him for cheaper whatever uh if it were up to me they, they could just have it for free i don't care i don't want to deal with this it's not my problem like it's not my money just let him have it so I can empathize with Carl here. He just wants to get on with his day and, and not uh, deal with this customer who wants to contact the manager. Although uh, very shortly here, we will see that maybe he made a mistake just letting Cybernetic Ghost walk right in. But at the same time, if they were to challenge Cybernetic Ghost, we have seen that he is capable of like killing them quite easily. For example, in the Colin movie film, when he lifts Carl up uh, by his neck, like stories and stories into the sky <laughs> and, and holds him there. So it's possible that Carl does remember who this guy is and like doesn't want to tango with them uh, and be in a similar situation to that. So moving on to our last clip of this side piece, 
We're going to see that it, it was a mistake to let Cyberman Ghost in. He's going to just start blasting everything. He's going to start killing all the breaky B boxes, and he's going to start blasting everything in future stuff. We're letting him in with this? I already told him, have a good day. It's over. <laughs> the man says it's the shoe, it's the shoe. <laughs> no, he's cloned himself. <laughs> Vibrating chairs. I knew I'd find you here. The future <laughs> must be stopped. Whoa, that's not, uh, that is not at all a shoe. We're not equipped for this. I was gonna quit today anyways. <laughs> Giant piano mat. Bow down, electric small maker. <laughs> so that is that is Cybernetic Ghost just kind of listing the stuff that I told you about earlier in this episode. We see Ned Hastings just kind of ducking behind the cash register as this is happening. And you heard Carl. He said that he was going to quit today anyways. We see him take his badge off and drop it into the fountain, um, you know, realizing the mistake that he made. And I like that Carl, like, it's his first day on the job. It seems like an incredibly easy job and that he's only had to do one thing so far. Otherwise, he just dicked around with a shake. He already wants to quit. It's very surprising. I always thought it'd be funny, like, if, if you moved to a new town, you could kind of just, like, like, if you if you still had some sort of job history that was somewhat recent, you could just jump between jobs doing the orientation and then quitting because they pay you for the orientation. Like, when I got a job working in the kitchen at a hospital, uh, I got paid for, like, two days just to do, like, the easiest shit, like, in, in, in like, a classroom because they have to, you know, get you prepared to work in a hospital and, and what they kind of expect from you. Like, damn, that was like the easiest two days of work I've ever had. You could just jump between places doing that for a while. Maybe that's what Carl's doing here. He just wants like, you know, when you're brand new at a job, they don't expect a ton from you. So once they start to expect anything from you, quit. Maybe that's what Carl's up to. I love Cybernetic Ghost just destroying everything, like all of the technology there he is adamantly against. And I actually had to consult the subtitles on Adult Swim's website to make out what he was saying at the end because he does say s'more maker i didn't know that's what he was saying i was just like what the hell is he talking about but yeah apparently that thing that looks like the grill from global grilling is a s'more maker here so that is breaky b that is the sixth aquadonk side piece and one that i was very much looking forward to seeing because again we knew it was coming because we saw the preview of it back in november of 2021 this one, I think, definitely lived up to expectations. I love the way that they include cybernetic ghosts, but we also get some nice Carl and Shake moments. So it's not just about the villain, which, again, is fine when they do that. But I love just seeing those kind of uh, classic Aqua Teen moments with Carl and Shake just fucking around. And then we also had cybernetic ghost and we would kind of go back and forth between the two and then they converged at a certain point and then we saw the resolution. I thought it was masterfully done. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't a Moon and Night situation where it was like, oh, this isn't long enough. I felt like they used the time that they had perfectly. I really enjoyed it. This is a similar one to me. Uh, alongside the brood rap where I really wish this one was longer. It didn't need to be longer. I felt like it was appropriate, like the way that they told the story, but I would like it to be longer because I feel like there's so much they could do with Carl and Shake being security guards at a mall. There's like, there is, it's so ripe for comedy. It's one of those things I wish they would turn into a full episode, but as the short itself, it really stands on its own. There's nothing I felt was dragging and I just love that we got to see that cybernetic ghost is actually a ghost. I mean, that's just something like we knew he was called cybernetic ghost, but we weren't really expecting him to really be a ghost. And here, 20 years later, they finally show us that he is. So such a great touch on an otherwise just very tight and well-written and just well-produced short. With only three minutes, 
like every second that they use will make or break the short. And I think that, you know, again, every every second of it was just used wonderfully and just adding so much more lore to Aqua Teen because now it makes you kind of go back and reassess every episode of the show that cybernetic ghost was in knowing that he is in fact a ghost so it's like he's not just this deranged robot which already you know raises a bunch of questions it's like wait if he actually is a ghost was he really going back in time like what is happening here off topic but before i give this episode a rating i gotta give whoever runs the adult swim youtube page uh, a zero out of five in their seo department because uh, there's no mention anywhere in the title or in the description of Cybernetic Ghost of Christmas Past from the Future, and I think because of that, some people are missing out. I think they could easily get some clicks from that hot hashtag. Anyways, I gotta give this one five metal detectors out of five. I mean, I think it's just easily one of the best Aquadonk side pieces. Very tight, some great storytelling, some great lore added to Aquatine. Exactly what I wanted out of these shorts. So that is it for me this week. If you would like to support this podcast and get extra content as well, head on over to patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden and sign up at the $5 and up level. If you have already done that, thank you very much. It very much helps out. And of course, a shout out to our number one in the hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, Captain Buford, Brian, Robison, and Jason. You guys can use my vibrating chair however you want any day of the week. Take it easy, keep it cool, bye bye.